0: It's probably warmer than it is here in Nashville. T.J. Reeves, at Buck's sideline guy. Yes, you have probably put it together. He is the Buccaneers sideline reporter on radio, and he now joins us. T.J., how you doing?
1: Hey, great to be with you guys. So I did not hear the weather forecast if it was there at the top of the hour or the current conditions. What are you clocking in at temperature-wise, by the way?
0: We had ice the last two days. 35 We've, degrees currently. Yeah, we got through ice <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're, th- we're through on the other side, although it's still supposed to be cold until the weekend. And then it's supposed to maybe push to 60 by the weekend.
1: Which okay. Is, yeah. Well, that's a good thing on the weekend. So I'm not supposed to tell you it's a beautiful 82-degree sunny day in Tampa oh, Bay. boy. Uh, I'm not supposed to tell you that for February the 2nd on Groundhog's Day. Uh, Like, for example, the groundhog not only wouldn't see his shadow right now in Tampa Bay, he would need some suntan lotion if that was the case uh, for groundhog. Of course, you guys remember the warm weather if you were in and around Tampa Bay for the SEC basketball tournament, which the Volunteers won uh, a year ago. So you know about the warm weather down here. But somehow I don't think you have me on to talk about meteorology in Tampa Bay, do you?
0: Well... Probably not, but we're always open to that. I'd say it sounds interesting. Yeah, you sound fine. like you have a good grasp there.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully, I'm glad the hurricane missed Tampa. I know it did major damage to the south hey, there. You know, so, you know, but I know the recovery is still ongoing with all of that. So um.
0: the question is TJ, did it feel sunny in 82 when you woke up yesterday morning in Tampa?
1: Uh, well, maybe it did for a little while and then figuratively it was uh, cloudy with a chance of meatball yeah. <laughs> book. It was not it was not Meat good uh, if you were hoping that Tom Brady would be back in a buccaneer uniform for a fourth season. I cannot say this is the honest truth. I cannot say that that was a surprise yesterday. Uh, and this is not 2020 hindsight. You're talking to somebody that believed over the course really of last week, He hasn't come forward and said, I'm still playing. I'm still playing for the Buccaneers. And the longer this goes on, the belief was he's going to retire. I just, I I did not believe knowing what I know about the situation that he was ever really going to play anywhere else other than here, just because of all the circumstances, including the football circumstances, his personal life, the proximity to his kids with joint custody, So we didn't get into all of this stuff, but I just I did not believe he was going to play anywhere else, and the likelihood was becoming he's not going to play anywhere else. He's going to say at forty five, what more do I have to prove? I'm done, and I'm on to the next chapter, and that's what he's decided to do. So uh, that's the announcement he made, and we will go from there. And I'm sure you got a bunch more for me, so go ahead.
0: Wouldn't we all like to be in the position of the next chapter has like over three hundred million attached to it? Wouldn't that be awesome? For all us to be in that position, but you yes. know, very,
1: uh, very similar to what you guys make on the show, and very similar to what I make yeah. on, on Buccaneers Radio, <laughs> we can all we can all identify with thirty plus million a year for a broadcasting job. It is uh, so relatable, right? <laughs> absolutely staggering, the secret's that out. Uh, you're talking about a seasonal now a seasonal NFL job that you would be making that kind of money, but. Uh, That appears to be what it is, and the real question becomes, is he going to show up on the Fox pregame coverage of Super Bowl 57 a week from Sunday? We don't know that. He's not going to be in the booth. We know that with uh, Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson calling the Super Bowl. That was predetermined long ago when he elected to come back and play this season. But might he be on the pregame show, guys, For a segment or two, I mean, for God's sake, I think the pregame show begins on Fox in about 15 minutes, and it's going to go all the way until a week (laughs) from Sunday. But nonetheless... It wouldn't surprise me if he shows up on the pregame show, guys. At least for a segment or two, and against that next chapter.
0: Justin, uh, your day job is at Fox Seventeen. Your thoughts on what TJ I, just I, I said? I work for the local Fox affiliate <laughs> here in here in Nashville
2: uh, as their morning uh, news anchor and traffic anchor. So uh, that's why I'm chuckling as hard as because we've are been you, we've been pumping saying, the, the we've been pumping the Super Bowl at
1: the corporate meetings at the corporate <laughs> meetings when you coast when you co- come come so, uh, socially around Tom Brady. In uh, in, a, in a future <laughs> setting, that there might be a little different discussion on tax brackets, company benefits, things such as that. There might just be a slight difference. You
2: know, we don't talk about that kind of stuff. When Joe Buck used to come by back in the day, he and I never chatted about that. Somehow, uh, I didn't. I didn't want to embarrass Joe by talking about his salary. Somehow, oh, um, so like no, that. we missed I under- that. I we understand. missed that. But you're right. No, the the pregame show is rather lengthy. <laughs> uh, even though, even though our our, wait, our wait, wait! Over you're saying NBC. the pregame—you're
1: saying the pregame show's rather lengthy. That's like saying it's rather cold in Nashville right now. <laughs> it doesn't quite do it justice. Keep going. Rather,
2: rather lengthy. But you know, to, to be fair, our friends over at NBC and CBS do do the same when their turn is—you <laughs> know—when they get their turn. You got to, you know, you only bid for this thing once every four years. You got to make it count for all you got.
0: I love. It. I'm gonna sit back.
2: Fight, fight. No, fight, it's not fight, a fight. Fight, no, no, no. He oh, understands okay. what I'm saying, and okay. so do I. So it's fine.
0: I like it. Uh, how close or uh, – let me see. Were you able to get close? How about I phrase it this way? Were you able to even remotely get close to Tom at all doing what you did? Or does he keep everybody at a very safe distance?
1: The truthful answer is no. Nobody really got to be that close in the local media. Now, he, w- we should say this. He He was very good with all of the Buccaneer personnel – Buccaneer team media, of which I am part of, giving his time to Buccaneers.com, social stuff. I mean, you saw a completely different Tom Brady than what you ever saw in New England in terms of being accessible and willing to do different things uh, with the team uh, website, the team media, that kind of thing. Now, that being said, he doesn't do local media. I kept telling people this, as crazy as it sounds, I'm there, I'm covering the team, But even when he was with the Patriots in Boston, um, another major market, he was never doing anything for the local TV stations or the local radio stations save for one weekly radio hit that he would do on the all-sports station WDEI, which they may have been paying him substantially for. In fact, I know they were paying him substantially for. He really wouldn't do extra side things for the local media. So I was around him some, yes. The cordial, hi, hello, yes. Uh, those kind of things. But in terms of, of getting to know him, uh, no, not a whole lot. Very private, very guarded, very business like. And it was that way with the rest of the media. But I will also say this you will trade all of that off for all the W's, all the wins, for the Super Bowl win, for three straight years in the playoffs, which the Bucks hadn't done in 20 years. You'll take those trade offs. It, it, it is. Uh, it is all. It has all been worthwhile. It has been an amazing experience. It's been one that I didn't think was going to last a third season. I, I mean, when it, when he signed guys in 2020, nobody was talking about a third year, 2023, much less a four or 2022, much less a fourth year, 2023. So this past season was bonus. This past season was gravy. So that's how I looked at it. That's how I approached it. It was a tremendous time. And, uh, and now it's come to an end. It's time for the Buccaneers to move on and for him to move
0: on. T.J. Reeves on the line with us. He is the Bucks sideline reporter on radio. So what is when the dust settles? You've already cleaned house on the offensive side when it comes to coaches. Tom Brady is no longer in the mix. There's more changes to come. What is this product going to look like, in your opinion, next season? How different is it going to look?
1: Well, that is the question right now. and They've got salary cap problems, and we don't have to go into all the details uh, of what they have to do, but essentially they're going to have to get under the cap by getting rid of a couple of guys and restructuring some other contracts. So what does that mean for a name like Leonard Fournette, who's an expensive uh, running back? Uh, I don't know that he sticks around. I love him. I-, I love his attitude, his toughness, but I don't know if they can afford him under the cap. So that's a guy that might be gone. They have a fantastic linebacker, maybe the best cap, secret for a decade in the nfl with levante david playing linebacker on bad buccaneer teams he's an unrestricted free agent he's due to he is he's due to make 12 million dollars i don't know that they can afford that so they've got some hard decisions to make and as far as quarterback tom brady is still going to count against the salary cap with dead cap money so does this mean they go with the former florida gator kyle trask who lit it up in the 2020 season, remember, before losing to Mac Jones in Alabama in the title game. Trask, a second-round pick, hasn't gotten much of a chance with that TB12 guy in front of him to play. Maybe it's time to look at him and at least give him a chance to see if you know he can function, throw well, win some games. He really hasn't had that chance, had, had a chance to compete for the starting job, and that's an, that's an inexpensive guy to go to, guys. For somebody to take a look at here, and the Bucks may very well be looking at because he's already in-house.
2: Let me ask you this. If, if Tom Brady's personal life remains in order, if he remains married, if he's happy at home, what are the possibilities that he's still playing football?
1: That is a great question because I can tell you uh, from a physical standpoint, the physical drop-off didn't really happen. He could still fire the ball, guys, down the field, on a rope, even at the end of this past season, incredibly, at 45. I mean, I'm going to play your song here, where Peyton Manning, unfortunately, in his late 30s, couldn't throw the ball down the field anymore in Denver in that final year and had the injuries crop back up again with the neck and the shoulder and was having to hand it off and they were having to rely on the defense, uh, et cetera. That was not the case with these Buccaneer teams the last couple of years. I mean, he's, he's a year removed from leading the league in touchdowns, yards, completions in 2021. He leads the league again in completions this past year and is right up there in yards, didn't have the touchdowns, didn't throw it down the field as much. Mm-hmm. So the physical drop-off was not there. But you make the point about chaos behind the scenes with divorcing Giselle, uh, with all the problems there that were going on in season. And there were times where it obviously weighed on him. He lost weight. Yeah. It, it obviously weighed on him with poor play at times. So that is, that is a great – what if question what if everything had stayed intact at home would he have been a different and and the same type of tom brady in 2022 we will never know that answer
2: Mm. want to switch away from brady very quickly and ask you about a guy that we had here and then ended up down there and that is julio jones a lot of the fans here felt like Uh, Julio Jones was a bust and of course we ended up uh, the Titans is the we in this case the Titans ended up firing John Robinson uh, their general manager one of the things that he did one of the big free agent signings he made was getting Julio Jones and of course it didn't work out Julio spent the time uh, down there in Tampa uh, with the Bucks this past season how did you find him and his uh, productivity this past year?
1: just wasn't very productive if you want to use the bust word you could but i don't think there was a great expectation here after what happened in nashville that julio was suddenly going to be a 75 catch 1100 yard guy 15 touchdowns. that that julio jones is gone unfortunately he was injured his last year in atlanta and he just could not guys stay healthy for more than a game or two he would play a game or two he had swelling on the knee then we wouldn't see him for a game or two he had a stretch in the middle of the season where he didn't play four games in and around a bye week. Uh, so they, they tried to get him healthy, and he just could not sustain nowhere near the impact that when he was signed in the offseason you would have hoped for. And, unfortunately, I think the Titans were ahead of the curve on we're going to have to make a move here that this guy doesn't have it anymore. We, we have to save the salary cap space and the actual money and, and try to figure it out. And it would not surprise me, I don't know this, but it would not surprise me if Julio is one and done here. He will have to probably come back at a significant discount, which I doubt, because at this point they don't have the luxury of of paying him and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin at the same position, and you're certainly not keeping him in front of Godwin or keeping Evans. You're going to keep those guys.
2: Todd Bowles, uh, who was handed this job essentially, uh, I know a lot of fans have uh, – had less than ringing endorsements in certain cases. Obviously, uh, there's been some changes there on the coaching staff already. Uh, but what is the likelihood this team is going to rebuild long term with Todd Bowles? I know they're looking at changing quarterbacks here. Clearly, with Tom Brady no longer being there. But you know, how likely is Bowles to survive if this team goes, you know, six and eleven or seven and ten next year with a, uh, with a young quarterback?
1: Well, that's another good point, that he's a veteran coach, and so you got two schools of thought. Is he perfect to kind of stabilize things between veterans and younger guys if you are going to retool and rebuild? Or is he sitting there going, hey, I inherited a veteran football team, a team that had won 13 games the year before and the Super Bowl two years before, and now if you're stripping it down and we're going younger, uh, you know, that's not the same thing. Look, he's elated to be the coach. He still wants an NFL head coaching job, obviously. He's raring to go to come back. And so you got to play the hand that you're dealt. And, and that's another reason why the Brady retirement needed to come on a certain time frame because they've got to make these tough decisions and attack uh, the salary cap and then attack free agency where they can to help them if they can and retool in the draft. And that's the deal. That's the deal whether Todd Bowles is the coach and that's the deal. Whether they brought somebody else in now or down the road, it probably is a bit of a rebuild, at least for this season, and maybe a little bit into twenty twenty four. You have to naturally get a little younger and uh, and 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 a little cheaper under the salary cap. No matter who the coach would have been. I
2: want to ask you, lastly, for me at least, about Byron Leftwich. Uh, of course, uh, no longer there in Tampa uh, after being part of that you know successful uh, run there with Brady. However, I know the Titans, among many other teams, are looking for offensive coordinators right now. Uh, Leftwich' name has not been brought up here in Nashville at all. However, I at least wanted to ask you, uh, in, in your opinion, how much blame, if any, does Byron Leftwich have for what's what's happened there in Tampa?
1: Well, I mean, here's what we know. Uh, we know that he obviously played in the league at a very high level as a former number Bruce. one pick and won, won a playoff game in Jacksonville. He can play. The second thing is Bruce Arians brought him with him as a as a protege offensive coordinator and as a play caller, and Byron was calling the plays for the most part in 2020 and 2021. So don't let anybody tell you guys in Nashville that Leftwich wasn't dialing up play calls. Because he was for those two years, I ask of you two guys: the offense was averaging thirty or thirty-one points a game, and now you come around to twenty, twenty-two, and it's averaging eighteen points a game. Does Byron Leftwich suddenly not know offense? Does he suddenly not know how to call plays? Does he did he suddenly forget all of that? that uh, that's not the case. I think there were a myriad of problems. I think part of it is TB twelve didn't want to put the ball downfield as much. He wanted to throw the ball, obviously. He wanted to throw short passes, one-yard passes, screen passes, get the ball out of your hand, didn't trust the offensive line maybe as much. And so you, you, you now roll with that. You roll with the greatest of all time, and you try to make it work. It obviously struggled most of the year to score points and sustain offense. But to answer your question, that's not on Byron Lefwich. So I don't blame him very much at all. I understand the reality of Todd Bowles saying, I want my own guy. I'm going to wipe the slate clean. I get that, but I, I think Byron Lefwich is very capable of being a strong offensive coordinator. And, guys, he was offered the Jacksonville Jaguars head coaching job. I mean, he played in Jacksonville. They offered it to him. His concern was with the personnel department behind the scenes. That's why he didn't take the job, and mm-hmm. Doug Peterson took the job. Mm-hmm. And Doug Peterson ends up making the playoffs, and Byron Lefwich is out after this season. But to answer your question, I think Byron – We'll we'll float back in, maybe as a quarterback coach, if not a play caller. These guys guys get shown the door and then turn right around and have success. Bruce Arians got fired a couple of times as the offensive coordinator, famously by Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. He turned around and won the coach of the year in Arizona. He then came to Tampa Bay and won a Super Bowl, guys. Hmm. So I still am a believer in Byron Lefwich, and I think he will be back, and maybe it's Tennessee or maybe it's somewhere else.
0: Fascinating. Yep, good stuff. Vince Ferrara comes on our show every week. Any friend of Vince is a <laughs> friend of ours. So
1: That is a Tampa brother from another mother, that name that you're dropping. Uh, and I'm glad that Ferrara was able to hook us and connect us. And if you guys need anything in the future, just let me know. And, uh, and we will rock from there.
0: Yeah, every time he goes to Tampa, he calls on the show and talks about all the home-cooking Italian all meals the time. Yeah. that he's getting. All it's like, dude, we're starving. There's, stop. There's, stop. There's, there's, like,
1: there's like three guarantees. Ferrara's going to get the home-cooked Italian meal... All right, that's number one. He's going to go get some good Cuban food at Ybor City, or he's going to hook up with TJ to go have breakfast or lunch, and usually it's TJ that's picking up the check. You guys got to encourage Vince when you have him on for door number three that TJ says at least some of the time that Vince has got to come through uh, with, you know, with that, but he's my Tampa brother. I love that guy uh, going back 25, 30 years that we've known each other. Tell him at least so pick up I'm the to I'm glad pick that up we got tab. connected through Vince.
0: <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. You gave us fodder for next week. Thank you, TJ. Thank you, TJ. I, lo- I love it.
1: I love it. You guys be well, stay warm, and we'll send you some Florida sunshine if we can. Please. Thank
0: you, sir. We appreciate it. Thank you, TJ. TJ Reeves, he is the Bucks sideline reporter on radio. Good stuff from him.